Hey, this is ZZ for my latest sponsor, ExpressVPN. You know, Netflix has different content available to users depending on where they're located. Netflix has thousands of shows, but you can only get access to a fraction of that because of where you are. If you're utilizing Netflix without using ExpressVPN, it's like paying for a gym membership, but only being able to use the treadmill. So how does this work? ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want Netflix to think you're located. They have almost 100 different server locations so you can gain access to thousands of new shows. I'm talking like Star Trek, the original series on UK Netflix, Brooklyn Nine-Nine on Canadian Netflix, Rick and Morty on French Netflix, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on Indian Netflix, the Harry Potter movie series on Australian Netflix, the list goes on and on. In the easy household, we utilize ExpressVPN and we've unlocked so much content that my family and myself can enjoy. But then you might be like, Eric, we can use other VPNs. No, 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 no. Listen, blazing fast speeds, stream in HD with zero buffering, compatible with all of your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, and it encrypts your data. ExpressVPN has the added benefit of encrypting your data so you can browse the web securely. Look, be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com Zane. Don't forget to use my link at expressvpn.com slash Zane to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. All right, and welcome to not the best of the Eric Zane Show podcast, Black Friday edition. I don't even know why I, I date it by saying, hey, it's Black Friday. Some of you won't even listen to this uh, till like half a year later. Old radio habits die hard for your old pal, easy well anyway welcome uh you know maybe just something for you to listen to as you're doing your uh sitting around doing nothing hopefully you have the day off not everybody does though damn it that's a bummer son of a bitch anyway enjoy not the best of the eric zane show podcast i think amanda would be good at stand-up comedy because she, she's got that kind of like sass thing going on. She's she's super sassy. And she's like, she's not afraid to tell you to like shut the fuck up. I just realized that window's open. Oh boy. We're getting to that weird point in the year where, uh, you know, I don't want to put the air conditioner in the window. It's not that warm. But I want the window open. I got the fan in the window but it's kind of like blowing it low. It's not really making a lot of noise. So if I yell out at the top of my lungs, shut the fuck up, uh, my neighbors are going are gonna to hear it. And these are, these are super pious people. Okay? I don't, need to, I don't need to talk this quiet. No, I do. I do. Because if I'm talking about them, they, they may actually hear me. The, um, boy, um, the dad is Ned Flanders. He's highly hodly neighbor. And I mean, there he is one disposition, uh, godly. Very, very sweet. No amount of judgment whatsoever. I love this guy so much. Okay. His wife is is awesome too, but you can tell she's um not as highly hodly as he is. But they're still great. I love these people, okay? Uh, we call them the Alleluias. And uh, there was one moment in particular when Mrs. Alleluia, 
That's this is the lady named Karen. And she's kind of a she she got a little Karen-y when she moved in. Okay? Because we got this floodlight that I would like I'd let the dogs out, I'd turn the lights on. And uh the next day she's knocking at the door. Yeah, yeah, hey, hey Karen, how are you? Um, you think you could change move that light? It shines right into our house. And I'm like, oh fuck. You're going to be a Karen, aren't you? This is before Karen was a thing. I was like, hey, Karen. And now she's like, got the name Karen. So I try not to make Karen jokes in front of Karen. Um, what was I going to go with that? Um, oh. Um, Jim, my son. I don't know how we got into this. Oh, okay. Jim, this is years ago. I was... Uh, I was in Jim's car. I opened up the glove box to because I had to put the new registration and insurance in there. And Jim's outside of the car, and I'm bitching at him about how much, how messy the car is. And it turns out, so I open up the glove box, and I'm pulling shit out of it. Jim, get what the hell, you know? And then uh, he had been given some religious material from Jeff Joush, who works, who owns Striders. Jeff's hilarious because he'll like MRF you. He'll just he'll MF anybody, and then he'll he'll say he's praying for you. He's that type of dude, okay? Um, and I I pull out this literature. I don't know. It's some uh, it's a one sheeter or a pamphlet from some hand clapping rock band church. And uh, I go, what the hell is this? And he goes, oh, yeah, Jeff gave that to me. And I, and I go, and it's right in the driveway. And they're standing right there. I have no idea they're standing right there. And I go, get this Jesus shit out of here. <laughs> oh, no. The hallelujahs and the hallelujah kids all look, at, look right at us at this interaction. They're watching it. And then they have just horrified looks on their face as I just said, get that Jesus shit out of here. What an asshole thing to say first of all i should never have said that i mean what a terrible th- i mean i had to go to confession i had to go to go to confession for that alone these poor bastards hear that and i'm like oh no but they are uh, so sweet and uh they got uh four kids and uh, they're all awesome and uh he's so on the straight and narrow he won't do anything to rankle anybody he told me a story about um, there was an incident. He was driving up north, and uh, they had they were pulling a trailer behind them, a uh, little uh, not a fifth wheel, a travel trailer, and uh, they they passed where they needed to pull in to go camping. They go, oh, we missed the turn. Okay, well, all right. So they go a little bit down the road, and this is in the middle of the Upper Peninsula, and it's just like one lane going one way and another wing, another lane going the other way. And they're near the end of their travel, so it's evening, okay? And Mr. Mr. Hallelujah, uh, he sees a residence where uh, you have a, a, a driveway that's like a shape like a, a half a circle. It goes off of the road, and then it's you can um, pull in, and then you can pull out. You don't have it's not a driveway where it's just in and then back out, okay? So it's perfect for a turnaround. Well, the guy who lived there. He was sick and tired of people doing that, okay? Unbeknownst to Mr. Hallelujah, at the other end of the circle, he didn't look that far down the road, there's a barricade there. 
So he has now pulled in, and as he's getting ready to pull out, he notices the barricade. And he's like, "Uh uh-oh, well, that's a bummer. And then he says to his kid, he goes, hey, so-and-so, can you get out and go move the barricade? It's just a little piece of wood, you know? And then so the sun goes out, and then all of a sudden you hear, don't move. And uh, the window's open. Mr. Hallelujah's like, what the fuck? He gets out of the car, and there's a guy there. And he goes, don't you touch that barrier. You're not going anywhere. What the? And then the guy says, I have people pull in here all the time. That's why I put that up there. Don't touch my property. Now, at this point in the conversation, if it were you or me, that's when we get ghetto and we drive through that motherfucker or whatever. We don't give a shit about that guy. Fuck him and fuck his stupid barricade. You're being an asshole now. I'm just going to bash through it, you know. And Mr. Hallelujah is like, well, uh, is there any way we can solve this? Uh, and he goes, yeah, back out the way you came. So this is UP logic here. Now, these are the worst, the worst of the worst of the state. Okay. And for that matter, the whole United States. You talk about, you know, people with a thousand yard stare that I make fun of in northern Michigan, northern lower peninsula, Michigan. This is middle of nowhere. Upper Peninsula, Michigan. This is its own country. Strange, strange people, okay? And he goes, well, uh, I can't. It's very difficult to back the trailer up. I'm not good at it. Can I just pull out and we'll call it even? Nope. Don't touch my property. Mr. Hallelujah is staying calm, trying to work it out. Um. This guy's not budging. This goes on forever. And Mr. Hallelujah has to back it out. And he goes, and you can't go on my lawn either. Don't, don't put the trailer on my lawn. Oh, my God. Can you imagine this? And this took forever. And he made Mr. Hallelujah back all the way out the way he came in with that stupid trailer, which is he's not good at. They always go wonky. You got to have some skill to be able to back up with a trailer on the back oh my god uh and then he even wanted to unhook it and then he goes no you can't do that he's just fucking with him you can't unhook it because then you're gonna have to put it on the grass and i don't want anything on my grass and thank god this old man wasn't dealing with an asshole because mr hallelujah would have probably like you know just done what i would have done but uh and i don't know i think he was also worried i think there was a a, a weapon involved too and and the and the wife was sitting there in the porch just watching him, and so this went on for extended time. It's a legendary story. I gotta get uh, I gotta have him retell me that, and then I'll retell you the points that I'm messing up. But my God, can you imagine that? But anyway, the point is, he's a super nice guy, super sweet guy, and uh, like on Wednesday, they go to church, and then on Sunday, church is an all day affair. You go in the morning. You come home, you stay in the you stay in the house, and then you go uh, later in the day, which is weird because God rested on the seventh day. You should have it. You should do it on the seventh day, right? That you stay in the house. That's what the, that's what our Jewish friends do. They stay in the house on Saturday. What is that called? Shabbat, Shabbat, Shabazz, Shabbat. I think right. I uh, I was reading about that on the seventh day. 
the Jews rest, and Orthodox Jews, they don't um, do any work, and there's like a list of rules. I forget. There's like 30, 40 rules about things you can and cannot do, and you can't do anything like even like uh, – uh, touch anything that uh, emits energy, like light switches and shit like that. It's There's like a strict protocol for on the seventh day when you're supposed to rest. It's really fascinating to me. Not all of them do it, though. It isn't like a hardened, you know how it is, like lazy Catholic. You can get like lazy Jew, too. I wonder if Sam's a lazy Jew. Uh, isn't that the, wait, hold on a second here. Let's see if I can get him on here. Got some Jewish questions. Sam uh, Martinassi. Sam the Jew. That's who. That's who it is. Let's see if I can get him on. I got like five numbers for Sam the Jew. Hey Sam. Hold on. Sam. Okay, that number's changed. I got like two more. That one's not working either. Number three. This one's got to be it. All right. Hello? Hey, Sam. It's Eric Zane. How are you? Good. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are things in your uh, in your world? Oh, things are great, man. I got a little baby coming up here in July soon, so oh, that's right. busy for me. By the way, this is on the Patreon. What's that? I'm sorry. I, uh, I was just going to say, this is on the Patreon. I had some Jewish questions for you. Okay, shoot. And and Leah is doing okay? She feels good? Yeah, she's doing great, man. Is she still, she's like, uh, really lifting good. weights? Is she still lifting weights? Doesn't she do that all the time? Yeah, she's still lifting weights, like, every day now. You know that that's really going to help her uh, uh, um, delivery and her recovery. You realize that, right? Yeah, that's what I've heard from everybody. Yep, that is that is all good until she 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 do that until her doctor tells her to stop and then just kind of have the baby. It'll it'll make things a little more smooth. Yeah, the doctor said just listen to your body. If you're not in pain, the baby's not in pain. Nice, nice. There have been women who've run full marathons at uh, eight and a half months pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I was just uh, I was I got onto the subject about how like Christians, some of them uh, stay inside and rest on Sunday, but Jews, that's Saturday, that's the Sabbath. That is correct. Do you um, do you do you honor that? Do you do you is that something you do? Do you like lay low on Saturday? Yeah, we lay low. I refuse to do any sort of like laborious work, like yeah. make any money. Um, it depends what sect you're in. Some sects of Judaism, like the ultra-Orthodox, will turn their lights on ahead of time because they don't even want to turn on a light switch because they'll say that kindles a fire. Yeah, um, yeah. They'll pre-tear their toilet paper even because they say that's work tearing their toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. So um, I keep, you know, I don't work. I try not to spend money. We try to lay low, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was, I just happened to be reading about this. It's called Shabbat, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so I, and there's actually a list. There are they're written very old timey. There's a list of things you can't do, and it's I forget how what the what the terminology is for, but there's like thirty, forty lists or something like that, or lists uh, uh, rules in this list. Yep, there's rules. It's all in the Old Testament of what you can and can't do. Right, right. 
Okay, so there's going to be a there's going to be a nice there's going to be another little Jew baby that comes to town very soon, correct? Yes, sir. It's going to be a little girl. Oh my God! Do you, now have you told anybody the name? No, nobody knows the name yet. Only Lee and myself do. Okay, is it uh, is it a name that uh, is is quite common, or is it uh, uh, like different? It's going to be a little different. Okay. Um, I don't know anybody with this name. Gotcha. But um, I'll explain more in the future why we chose the names. Okay. So do you think there's been a do you symbolism think, to them? Okay, good. I can't wait to find out. And you said July the baby's going to be born. Yeah, July 11th. Oh man, I'm pre- I got my fingers crossed for July 7 or July 15 because 7 is my birthday, 15 is my mother's. All righty. Well, hopefully it's one of those then. All right. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you. That's it. I just had some Jew questions I wanted to run by you. Yeah, anytime, man. Anytime. Okay. Save my number. I got it. All right. See ya. Take care, man. There you go. You too. Sam the Jew giving us some Jewish insight. Queen of the Forest says she needs her medicine. Uh, Hold on a second here. Hey, Siri. Uh Uh-huh? Call Pooh. Calling Pooh. Mobile. Hello? Uh, Nurse's station. What did you need? I'm sorry. I I need my medicine. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've already ripped off uh, nearly 20 minutes of this, so it'll just be a handful more. Okay. Okay. So uh, did you enjoy the lunch that was uh, delivered from the cafeteria employee? I did. I I, I enjoyed my sandwich. I haven't eaten the rest yet. I'm trying to not eat so, so much junk. Oh, okay. Well, I thought that that's what you, that's, that's very good. I, you, the cat, the uh, cafeteria sent you a fluffy nutter. Yeah. Uh, it was, was delicious. It was heated it was, up, wasn't it? Wasn't the fluffy, it was warmed. So the, okay. That changes everything on a fluffy nutter, by the way. Yes, it does. Okay. So the Susie Q and the Cheetos might not fly. Would you like some chopped vegetables? Uh, perhaps maybe that would be something more to your liking. I can call down to the kitchen and they can have that sent up. Yes, if, if you wouldn't mind, I would love some vegetables, but I that, that could wait a few minutes because I think I might take a little nap. Gotcha, <clears throat> gotcha. Um, it could be at my after nap snack. Now I heard from the physician that uh, there was some tears. There, you, there was some upset feelings. Is that how is the pain today, patient? It still hurts, and I don't. It hurts more after I do my exercises, and I'm just tired of it. Yeah, you're just sick of it. You're, so you're having a psychological mental health breakdown? Is that what, what is happening here? No, I've been having a, a breakdown. I'm just frustrated. I don't like it. Okay. Do you think it should be better by now? Yeah. I heard that, that this is uh, probably the most difficult surgeon or uh, surgery on a, neuromus- on a skeletal muscular system that a person could possibly have. That's what I'm hearing, and I don't like it. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what. Someone else is calling me. All right. Well, I'm sorry that that's happening. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I love you. Okay. I'll see you in a little bit. Okay. I'll see you. Okay. Bye. Okay. There you go. Queen of the Forest. Okay. Pause in the action on Not the Best of the Eric Zane Show podcast to remind you that. As always, you can email me, eric at ericsaintshow.com on the Shoreliners striping inbox. I love to correspond with people. Why? 
That's because I'm in here talking to a camera every day of the week and interacting with dogs. And a brother-in-law who is a recipient of a lobotomy. I would love it if you reached out, eric at ericsaintshow.com. Good, bad, and ugly. If it's bad, I might yell at you. If it's ugly, I also may yell at you. If it's good, my fragile ego will expand. So thank you for that. This portion of the show brought to you by the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Get into a mortgage today. From anywhere in the U.S., if you are a listener of this podcast, please mention Easy. Call Mario at 231-332-6505. He'll get you into a mortgage. Whether it's your first, or you've done this many times, or you're just looking to get some cash out of your home, the red carpet treatment. Number one in the USA for a reason, the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Thank you, as always, to Andy and Colleen at King's Room Barbershop. Fantastic human beings. Love them so much. Uh, Guys, keep it high and tight at King's Room Barbershop. Guys or a, a chick who likes a dude haircut, get it at King's Room Barbershop. Basically, if it's being cut short, King's Room Barbershop will do it. Three locations, Northland Drive, Caledonia, and of course, 821 36th Street in Wyoming next to the costume room. Business is brisk at King's Room Barbershop. Exact locations, hours of your stylist, um, and uh, all the pricing on your uh, on the website, kingsroom.net. Thank you so much. And please mention EZ when you head over there. Uh, today is Black Friday. If you're getting it, there's that radio habit again. Damn it. Show is, is released on Black Friday. There is a Black Friday sale with the Grand Rapids Gold. All tickets half off. Oh, my God. It's awesome. GrandRapidsGold.com. Check it out. There is a game on Saturday the 25th. I will be there, of course, doing my thing. Tap me on the shoulder and say, hey. But you can get your tickets for half off, whether they're the nosebleeds or up, uh, you know, courtside. Not a bad seat in the house at Van Andel Arena. You got a mid-sized arena that only holds, you know, 10, 11,000 people to begin with. So it's really not a bad seat in the house. And checking out a basketball game, your Grand Rapids Gold. Tickets have been brisk this year. So looking forward to another great time at the Saturday Grand Rapids Gold basketball game. Okay, rolling on with more of Not the Best of the Eric Zane Show podcast. I cannot wait to share this story with you about this judge. Do you remember the story of the judge on, uh, he was doing Zoom court, and he had um, the defendant, some dude, and the woman he victimized uh, on separate um, devices along with some lawyers and the dude was facing the music with that long-haired judge and uh and and uh he he's you know he's accused of like stalking or assaulting her or something it was something domestic and he's going to get punished for that well it is um the belief of uh of the lawyer that the dude who's defending himself was in the same room with the victim during the zoom and you know it was all weird and she was the lawyer kind of a her her intuition went off and he goes your honor i have reason to believe that 
the defendant is, and it's against the restraining order, he should not be in the same room with her, and I'm concerned. Uh, and then right away, you see a cop whose uh, mic is muted. You see him get his phone and says, hey, uh, he knew who was in the area. This is in southwest Michigan. Hey, uh, get over to, and he gives an address. And sure enough, the cop, you see on the Zoom, the cops show up, and the guy's like, ah, oh, fuck, man. And then uh, he got in big trouble, and uh, so it was a mess. Well, this judge now is at his wit's end because something else happened far less sinister, much more hilarious. This actually happened uh, last week, and I'm just getting to it now. So you have several people that you see. You see the judge, you see uh, lawyers, and then I think there's several other people that are defendants. And it's maybe like just some small court cases taking place, maybe some arraignments, things like that. And so the judge is just kind of hammering these out. And one of the people who gets on the Zoom, uh, it doesn't say his name like Eric Zane. You know, it's it's uh, it, the Zoom identifies you by what you put into it. That's all the background you need. And uh, this happened. This is fantastic. Check it out. Good morning, sir. What's your name? That's the judge. Me? Yeah, you. Yes. Nathaniel Saxton, sir. Okay. Now, it doesn't say Nathaniel Saxton for part of his Zoom. Your name's not Buttfucker3000, you yo-ho. Logging into my court with that as your <laughs> screen name. Why would that in a little bit? Hold on. Hold on. I got I to gotta play that again. <laughs> Just hearing the judge say, butt fucker 3000. Yes. Nathaniel Saxon, sir. Your name's not butt fucker 3000, you yo ho. <laughs> Logging into my court with that as your screen name. Butt fucker 3000. Why would that in a little bit? Uh. What kind of idiot logs into court like that? What's your name again? Nathaniel Saxton, sir, but I don't believe that I typed anything like that in. Well, that's what it says. Why? You should. I'll put you in the waiting room. You can sit in limbo for a while and think about what you call yourself online. That's a... Okay. Okay. So now, now you got another one of the defendants is cracking up at butt fucker three thousand. Um, think about what you call yourself online, oh. <laughs> uh, Mr. Grossnickel. Could you take your hat off, please? And then this guy's wearing a hat. So this this judge has oh, had it. He's he had missed it. an earlier date, but he's here now. All right. Good morning, everyone. We've got everybody with a name. You're all here. Okay. And then, Mr. Saxon back in. Okay, he's going to bring Mr. Saxon back in. Your Honor. Yeah. Yes. If, if I, this if, is if I may. This is Buttfucker three thousand. Explain. Uh, my sister was the one that set up my my Zoom account or whatever. Um, that, but, <laughs> effer um is my iPhone uh pairing name for my Bluetooth speaker, sir. <laughs> it's an inside joke. Um, it's not what you think I, yeah. I'm. Yeah, I'm, it's inside, all right. It's inside somebody's butt. I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. Oh, well, you should be. All right, we'll come back to you in a bit. I like this judge. 
Uh, let's take right. care of some of yours, Mr. Barnes. We have Michael Owen. Okay, so I, I love the fact that he doesn't overreact. You know, good I mean, morning, sir. What's your name? Just, I'm sorry. One more. I, I, I'm such a. I love. You know me. I love yeah, hearing you, shit about a yes. hundred times. Nathaniel Saxon, sir. Oh my God. I your love name's this. not Buttfucker Three Thousand. You yoho. <laughs> you yo-ho. Logging into my court with yo-ho. that is your screen name. Why would that in a little bit? Oh God. Okay, that is awesome. I love every bit of that. But fucker 3000. Shit, is that great? Um, let me see. There's a little bit more to that. Middleton, that is uh, Judge Middleton. Saxton was set to appear before the judge on the charge of possessing drug paraphernalia. He was arraigned Tuesday, pleaded guilty. Middleton fined him 200 bucks. Centerville is the county seat for St. Joseph County, about 30 miles south of Kalamazoo. 150 miles west of Detroit. Oh, my God, is that great. And now, uh, this I saw this uh, yesterday on Wood TV 8. Uh, the 7. The 7 at 7 with Michelle DeSelms and Ellen Baca. Michelle DeSelms is back. How about that? That is my first news person crush right there here in West Michigan. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see. This is what the judge is doing now. Check this out. New tonight at 7, a St. Joseph County judge is closing down the live stream for his courtroom after a couple of moments have gone viral. The Supreme Court are the ones that told us to start the YouTube live feed some year ago. And I thought about it and I thought, well, if they the ones that told me to start it, I guess um, I should listen to them when they tell me to stop it. Judge Jeffrey Middleton from the 38th District says he's gotten harassing phone calls and emails in the weeks after a man and a woman in the hearing why? were discovered to be in the same home despite a no-contact order. And then, last- First of all, why would you harass the judge? First of all, it's a bad idea to harass a judge over that i don't understand the judge didn't do anything last week he made headlines again when a man logged into the court zoom call with an expletive as his screen name middleton says most of the criticism is they so want to say buttfucker 3000 from people outside of the county the judge also defends the live stream saying these fees are for education not for entertainment i'm all for transparency this judge is he's so dopey this is perfect and allowing people to see how our courts operate including michael but the inherent flaw in the process is that nobody asked the litigants what they thought about it nobody asked the domestic violence victims uh-huh. or the young girl charged with shoplifting Judge says from now on, court hearings will not be streamed. Oh, boo. Boo. You see, Zoom has brought us so much. I mean, let's think about it. Uh, there, there are very few silver linings in the pandemic. Very few good stories, you know, but Zoom is one of them. We have seen just some outrageous shit because of Zoom. My God. Thank you. Thank you, Zoom. But I'm sorry that the judge has put in a put in an an end to this uh we got a lot of uh a lot of uh funny feedback concerning that concerning the whole thing about butt fucker 3000 uh tyler had sent it along thank you tyler i appreciate that kate loved it with several ha 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 ha's 
Uh, Kenny laughed out loud. Uh, Kate says she literally spit take at her desk. Megan, buttfucker3000, LOL, LOL. A lot of big laughs. He put the guy in timeout. This is like the SNL Jeopardy skit. Blaming his sister, quote, right in the ass, says Stevie. Tyler says, I like how he follows it up with uh, Buttfucker3000 with Yoho. I'm going to play it one more time again. You guys like it too much. Stevie says, does he date Jessica's neighbor? I, I Kenny, hey, Kenny, I can't be so loud because Zane's window's open and fucking hallelujah neighbors is going to hear. But motherfucker, man, my brother, Buttfucker3000, <laughs> my brother, Buttfucker, but Buttfucker 3000 just got fucking popped by that fucking judge. I shit my motherfucker. I put that shit on there. I thought it was funny because he fucked my ass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I told him get some fucking child fireball. I thought it was funny shit. <laughs> Inside joke. Between himself and his sister, is that what he said? Yeah, that's what fuck yeah, that's what my brother does. <laughs> Good morning, sir. What's your name? Jessica. Me? Yeah, you. Yes. Yeah. Nathaniel Saxon. That's my brother, Your Honor. Your name's not Buttfucker Three Thousand. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Logging into my court with that is your screen name. I did it. Why would that in a little bit? I did it. Uh, what kind of idiot logs into court like that? I want to make sure What's you know. Your name again? I want to make sure that no, you know what he does to me. Neil Saxton, sir, but I don't believe that I typed anything like that in. Well, that's what it says. Your Honor. Dang. Yes. If I, if if I may. Tell him the truth, buttfucker. Explain. Uh, my sister was the one that set up my my Zoom account or whatever. Yeah. Um. That, but, effer um is my I say what is butt fucker? What you do to me? Phone uh pairing name for my Bluetooth speaker, sir. It's a inside joke. Um, it's not what I, 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 I'm, inside of me. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. Right. You shouldn't be embarrassed. It's God's will. <laughs> Ooh, gee, that's kind of gross. All right. Pause in the action on Not the Best of the Eric St. Show podcast to talk about Frank Fuss, my policy shop insurance. Frank is a licensed independent insurance agent slash broker. I know that isn't the most sexy thing to talk about. Hey, go see Frank. He sells insurance. Um, let me stress to you the importance of a life insurance policy. Let's say you're a, a young family. You got mom, you got dad. You got two, three, four little ones. Let's just say the plan was um, mom is going to work part-time or not at all uh, for the time being till the little ones grow up. You know how expensive uh, daycare can be. So that's your plan. Okay. So then as you're working your butt off, you know, sticking to your budget and doing all the right mom and dad things that they do, you're riding to work and um, a 747 comes out of the sky and crashes into your car. You are never seen or heard from again. In fact, they don't even find you. You've, you, you've become like one with the plane. 
as horrible as that is, wouldn't it be wonderful that mom and the kids, um, because you're brilliant and got a wonderful life insurance policy, those kids are taken care of, mom is taken care of. I mean, my God, this is all a horrible scenario, but fuck, it happens. So throw a few bucks at a life insurance policy each month for you and yours. Frank will help you set that up. I'm a big believer in life insurance. Uh, my dad sold life insurance for uh, uh, AAA for decades. And, uh, you know, he made perfect sense to me and made me buy a life insurance policy. And uh, it still remains intact to this day. And you can get a lot of life insurance for not a lot of cash. Especially if you are super preferred, you know, don't smoke, don't drink. Uh, you're not all fucked up. Uh, that's awesome. Reach out to Frank at buyinsurancehere.com. That's buy, B-U-Y, insurancehere.com. God bless Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV, the number one place in West Michigan to get your vehicle repaired. Year after year, award after award, this locally female, veteran-owned business, uh, but they don't go around and announce that they're veterans because that's just ridiculous. Uh, thank you to Irvine, 616-532-6600. Irvine's.com, the number one place to get your vehicle repaired for something as simple as an oil change or more extensive work, keeping your cars on the road, your fleet in the family. Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. Back to more Hey, what's up? It's your pal EZ with another amazing partner for the Eric Zane Show podcast, the Eufy Video Lock. Oh my gosh. Smart Lock 2K Cam and Doorbell 3-in-1 Triple Security. You got everything in one device, all right? Rather than install piecemeal, hoping that you got this app that it's going to work okay in that app, and oh my God. This is not just for security, but also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. And you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated camera. So, you know, like they all have their codes. They walk up to the door. They punch it in. The door unlocks. In they go. And, of course, it's a video camera. So it's all there. You can see who shows up at your door. This is fantastic. We live in a golden age for home security. And the Eufy Video Lock is the top of the heap, okay? You can go to eufyofficial.com slash video lock for more information. This thing is easy to install. The setup, all you need is a Phillips screwdriver. No drilling or anything like that. All the keyless entry components make it so fantastic. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Amazing. No battery anxiety. You've got the ultimate I don't know what it is, super lithium whatever that keeps this thing powered for a long, long time. No monthly fee on this, unlike other brands that do that. They just bend you over and charge you a monthly fee. I love the Eufy Video Lock. Get to eufyofficial.com slash video lock. E-U-F-Y official.com slash video lock. Of not the best of the Eric Zane Show podcast. Okay, I hear the garage door opening right now, right below me. You can't hear it, but right below me is a garage. And in the garage is a car. That car belongs to Princess of the Forest, Madison, who's going to get a rapid test right now. Let's. I'm going to bring her in. Hey, Siri. 
Call Madison on speaker. Calling Madison. Mobile. Hello? There's actually an easier way to put a phone call on, but I'm just stubborn. Is, hey, Hello. Hi, Manny. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. This is your dad, and I'm, I am I do the Eric St. Show podcast every day. I know. I can tell when you call me and you're on the radio. Yeah, I know, because I like sound like a radio announcer, don't I? Yeah. I'm like, hey, how are you? I'm trying to be yeah, all weird. Yeah, I know it. It's not the same as when I'm walking around the house. No. So, um, if with yeah. with zero being least concerned, ten being most concerned, where are you on the COVID scale right now? Like a three, because I feel a lot better than I did yesterday. Okay. So now, if you have it, you know, we got to lock you in your room uh, like fucking Harry Potter under the steps. No, you can lock me in the house, not the room. I've already been around all you people. Yeah, I know, but I don't want your disease in my nose so that I you give it to... Have, if I have it, you already have it. I don't know. You don't know that. Who, who are you? Dr. Fauci? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think this is what we're going to do. You, We're going to lock you in a room. And you don't talk to anybody. We're going to slide your food under the door. That's just like prison, okay? I don't like you. All right, so remember, if you have it, you're no longer part of the family. <laughs> Shut up. Where do you have to go? I'm heading to a Walgreens in Grand Rapids. They had a rapid test appointment at 10. Aren't those rapid tests, like, terrible? Like, they're only accurate one half of a percent of the time? No. Okay. Well, and I don't. I feel a lot better now. I it feels like a cold, and I was around someone who did have a cold. I don't know. I I am going to predict right now. My uh, bold prediction is that you think I have it. Pardon me. You think I have it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Don't scare me like that, bro. No, no, it's not. I, I don't think it's the type that it's going to, like... Uh, I'm not scared I'm going to die. No, you're but. not. You're not. I mean, first of all, you have a va- you're vaccinated. You d- it does offer I'm, some protection in the to minimize the symptoms to some degree. Well, I'm only halfway vaccinated. My yeah, I understand that, but there is still some uh, re- some type of effect on it. It's Your your body is established. See, because how it, how it is is when they inject you with uh, the first one, then your body is establishing a blueprint, and then the second one comes in. That's why the immune response is sometimes stronger. So basically, it's like Mother Nature throwing in the, your second dosage, but it's much more than what would they would inject via the shot. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's no big deal. I have huh? No big deal. You're going to be fine. No big deal. Just uh, this is what you do. Get the test. When they say you have it, you come home and then lock your door, and then we're going to lock you in your room. Okay. Um, well, the only thing that's wrong with me is, well, my throat doesn't even hurt anymore. Yeah. And yeah. One nostril is a slight running. Uh, okay. Just one. All right. Um, all right. So no big deal. Uh, and then is this type of thing where it's they, they, they do the swab and then in one minute they say you have it or you don't? No, I, it takes a couple hours. Oh, so that you then you like leave and then they let you know, huh? 
Okay. So when you come home, um, you know that how um, underneath that sun. Wait, what? I already texted my manager. No, no, no. Listen to me. You know how like uh, when you're in the backyard and you're looking at the house, you can see the house in that room that Uncle Kevin sits in. And then underneath that, there's like a lawnmower. There's room where the lawnmower is, and the and the, the, and, and the yeah. So th- we're we're gonna keep you in there. Okay, so just go in there and sit there and look at your phone, and uh, then you know. When, no, when that's why like our cats go to die. I'm yeah, I know it. I know them. it. Uh, it's gonna smell like dead cat in there. So <laughs> I've literally been so careful. I'm not stupid. Oh no, you you got it. It it's don't it's, hang out and yeah. But I still do. No, no, no. You're a you're a super spreader. Everybody knows that. No, I'm not. Shut up. Okay. All right. I love you very much. I'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. 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 There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Princess of the Forest, Madison. Oh dear, Diana. Come on, man. Today would have been Diana's dad's 85th birthday that makes me sad that guy was a freaking wild card when you have never really heard about some of the stories about diana's dad but this guy oh man talk about a jekyll and hyde um diana's brother the one who passed away on july 30 he used to think that I hated Diana's dad. I did not. I loved him. He, his name was Jerry. His real... Okay, these wards, all these wards, um, they take their middle name and make it their first name. So Diana's dad's um, real first name was James. James Gerald Ward. But we called him Jerry. Diana's brother who lives with us is James Kevin Ward. But we call him Kevin. Diana's mom is Carolyn Sue Ward. We call her Sue. She's past two. Diana is Diana Lynn Ward till she met me. And then it became, but then they never called her Lynn. Walk into this house for years. And on a Friday, I walk in and I've got two of my kids. Madison wasn't yet born yet. And uh, you walk into this house in Birmingham, Michigan. And he was an old uh, fire chief. He worked two jobs. Well, he worked two jobs for 20 years. And then when he was about 45, he quit the one job. He would work um, three straight days as fire chief. And then you get the time off in uh, Bloomfield Township, Michigan. And uh, then the days off, he would work at a uh, Catholic school as a maintenance man. So he worked his ass off. When he finally did retire from when he had both jobs under his belt, he collected two pensions and his Social Security. So, I mean, he really uh, worked his ass off and was rewarded for it with all of that. So that's awesome. I, I always loved his story and looked up to him for that. Um, but um, where was I going with this? Oh, a couple of stories about him being a fire chief. This is, again, Diana's dad would have been 85 years old today. Um, when he was constantly, they'd get a uh, 911 call, and they'd have to go to the same address. 
and they would show up there and the the homeowner would be screaming and yelling that there's a fire and there's she smells smoke and the uh the fire crew would go around and take care make sure ma'am there's 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 nothing and so two or three times a week they would get that call and they would always be very patient with this lady and um finally diana's dad one of these calls comes again and he, he walks up to the lady and uh she's the same thing he goes ma'am and he, he has a heart-to-heart talk with her about it. And she didn't get it, and the calls kept coming in. But he finished the conversation with, all right, Ms. Franklin, have a great night. It's Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin used to constantly call 911, saying, I smell smoke, motherfucker, get down here and put out this motherfucking fire. Holy shit, you crazy-ass crackers. They show up there, and there's Aretha running on the fucking front porch, like, oh, my God, this place is going to burn nothing. Like, oh, Miss Franklin, it's not, it's not a problem. Just calm down. Calm the fuck down. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, and then uh, for years, um, before he was a chief, um, he was working his way through the ranks, and uh, he was a captain. Or no, he was a, he was a lieutenant, and um, they used to, you know, you, you work 24-hour shifts. And uh, the story goes, when Jerry died, one of his fellow firemen uh, told a story at Jerry's funeral. I'll never forget this. And the story he told, he told it so well, and uh, I'm kind of ripping it off, but it was awesome because he described Diana's dad as being, he's just a hard ass, okay? This is a... He's from Owensboro, Kentucky. He went to Catholic school. He's tough as shit. And he just he used to beat the shit out of people all the time. And um, and he's big. Diana's dad is very, very tall and, and just robust, barrel-chested, beat the shit out of you in a, in a heartbeat. You want to be on his good side. And so um, the story goes, the firemen are in their bunks, and the captain calls a meeting. And um and Jerry's trying to get all the guys rounded up in the fire hall to go have a meeting in the at the conference room or whatever. And he goes, "Okay, hey, captain wants to have a meeting. Get up." And this is one of the other uh, one of the other subordinates, and he's like, "No, nah, I ain't doing anything." And he goes, "Captain said you got to get up." And this story is how uh, Diana's dad developed the nickname the Hammer. And uh, he's, he's this uh, story goes there's this dynamic between the guy on the bunk and Diana's dad. Get up, no. Get up, no. And he goes. You know what? You're going to get up. And he grabs him and with balls up this. He had a big hand, this giant Andre, this giant sized fist, and just punches him right in the fucking face. And the guy's nose explodes everywhere. Like, oh, you motherfucker. Holy shit. Oh, my God. You motherfucking nose. That uh, created the nickname The Hammer. And so nobody ever, nobody ever crossed Diana's dad at the fire hall anymore after that. So years of running into burning buildings takes a toll years of running into burning buildings and smoking. And so, uh, he would do that all the time. Smoke all damn day at the fire. alley. go run into a burning building with a cigarette in his mouth. And, uh, you know, this is old school and they, fuck the oxygen. We're just going in, uh, falling through roofs, you know, uh, seeing the worst of the worst train crossing. Some guy in a motorcycle gets hit by a train. Oh my God. They have to pick up the pieces. They're just terrible. Uh, when he got sick, uh, 
he didn't tell anybody. He just, he's one of these guys that never went to a doctor and he had a, something called pulmonary fibrosis and made his lungs turn into Swiss cheese. And he had no, he, he didn't even bother going to the doc when the symptoms started. So when he finally went to the doc, it was in the last week of life. It's supposed to take years for pulmonary fibrosis to kill you. Okay. And he went through all of that and no one knew. So by the time he went to the doctors, they're like, well, wait a minute, you're having symptoms of, but and you, we, they took a biopsy of his lungs ago. His lungs look like he's had this for years. It's because he had. So, yeah, boy, he went to the hospital, never came out, and that was that. It was uh, it was quite a terrible thing, but he would have been 85 years old today. The immortal Jerry freaking Ward. We would go to this, his house on a Friday. I'd walk in. This is the story I was telling you with my two kids, and he'd be all so sweet, so kind. Give me a beer. It's when I was still drinking. We sit there, we drink all night, play poker. Oh my God, it was great. And then Saturday, we'd have a cookout. It'd be awesome. Drink our asses off. Oh my God, it was incredible. Sunday rolls around, and then he's sick of me. He's sick of me and the kids. Okay. So does he just get crabby um, and just kind of moody and just stay apart from me and the group? No. You know what he does? He sits there on this porch. I wake up uh, Sunday morning, you know, hungover, and there's Jerry, and he's hungover too. I sit down with him at the table, and he's looking at me. He's got his coffee, and he's just looking at me. This is true. And uh, I'm just looking at him. I go, hey, Jerry, how are you? This is my father-in-law. And then, uh, swear to God, good thing I had thick skin. He goes, why don't you and your brats get the hell out of here? Yes. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. No, I didn't fuck with the guys. Like, yeah, all right, Jerry. You know, I, I knew my role. I was low man on the totem pole there. I'm like, this is your house. You're the fucking boss here. I go, yeah, all right. And occasionally we get in a fight and yell and scream. But more often than not, I was like, all right, yep, all right. Hey, kids, let's go. Let's get in the car. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, yes, um, described as having assholeish tendencies. We loved him very much. Did not expect to have a uh, 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 look back down the road of Diana's dad, but you guys have probably have never heard about that. Okay, pause in the action on Not the Best of the Eric Zane Show podcast to remind you you can hire me on Cameo, cameo.com slash Eric Zane. 20 bucks, and they're the best. Uh, you can check out my work at that site. Uh, also, worth mentioning, T-shirts available at ericzaneshow.com, coffee mugs, all that merch garbage. Uh, I think I average like four t-shirts a year. That's all at ericzaneshow.com. My Patreon is, uh, well, I put a lot of work into the Patreon. Oh my God. So many shows for you to check out and you can enjoy uh, Patreon for free for seven days. This coming week, we have a, a new edition of who are these free beers. We will uh, break down more of our heroes doing their thing on the radio. Patreon.com slash ericzane. Try it for seven days free. And finally today, Joe Martinez at A&E Heating and Cooling. Time is running short. You've got the rest of this upcoming week to book Joe in your home to um, service, clean, and inspect your furnace for the year. And the best part, I say this with urgency because there's no cost up until December 1. It's actually free. The most free ever. Someone always said, there's no such thing as a free lunch. No, that's bullshit. There's a, there is a free thing is the free furnace cleaning. Joe, he walks in, does it, and then doesn't ask for money and leaves. That is the definition of free. And he does it 
uh, that way because uh, he's able to get the money, the 79 bucks it would normally cost from the local uh, gas company, DTE Energy. So if you're in West Michigan, book Joe at 616-516-8579. On to more of Not the Best of the Eric Zane Show podcast. My God, a lot to get to today on the show. Um, let me start uh, by uh, getting after comedy night last night. Hashtag Bomb City. Ben Glaze doing stand-up at a uh, coffee bar called uh, Mahala Coffee Bar in Grand Rapids here. This uh, may have been the uh, strangest thing I have seen in a long, long time. Uh, there is no way to describe this other than it was uh, one of the most awkward things I have experienced in my entire life. In fact, I should probably bring, bring Stu in here. And a little bit later on, uh, Adam Deggy, who was the headliner, uh, will join me. I need to stew. Uh, I need to stew. I was going to say I need to stew fill in. I need to fill Stu in about what's going on. He's probably not even awake yet. My God. How many times? I've been, been on a real dry spell lately on bringing people in randomly on the show. Come on, Stu. Wake your ass up, buddy. Stu still, uh, I think he's still delivering Dippin' Dots. Um, but who knows? He's probably, since the last time we spoke, had three or four new jobs. As he continues to find his way, I, on- I honestly think he's he's shooting too low. You know, Stu is super educated. I mean, super educated. He's got a master's degree, and he's like, "Yeah, but I don't want to get back into social work." It's like, Stu, well, you don't have to get back into social work. You're still very educated. You can do a lot with that expertise. You don't have to get back into counseling. But at the same time. Delivering worms is probably something that you're overqualified for. All right? Delivering worms and super frozen ice cream is a little bit... I mean, those are fine jobs. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but you are much, you are suited for a hell of a lot more than that. Okay. So I can't really get Stu in here. That's okay. I'll, I'll get Deggy on later on. I, I, I should get Ben on, but he's probably at work or getting ready for work, and I don't want to bother him. And I think uh, the thing that we need to cover first, because, I mean, here I am saying that this, this was the most awkward thing I'd ever experienced in my life, and I, and I would say easily top five. I mean, this is right up there uh, with, like, sitting around after somebody dies, uh, going over who gets what from the will, and one of the kids is left out of it. It, it was that awkward. Everything went wrong to make this one of the most awkward things I had ever seen in my entire life. And I will discuss that with Deggy a little bit later on. He'll be, um, in fact, you will be able to see Deggy unless he turns his camera off because I, I invited him into the live stream of the podcast via the restream uh, platform. But let's get this out of the way. Ben did well. I'll just say it right now. I laughed at Ben's jokes. One of the things that stood out to me is because a lot of the times when I get Ben on here, when we're just having a conversation like on the podcast, he, you know, sometimes it takes him forever to spit something out. I just get the urge to punch the words out of him. 
for some reason, it's almost like he's his mind is going in three different directions, and what flies out of his face sounds a little choppy, I guess, you know? Um, and I don't know if that's something that ever gets changed because as long as I've ever known, Ben, whenever we're having a radio conversation or whatever, podcast conversation, he does that a lot. It's almost like he's afraid to say what's really on his mind. And, you know, that's the kiss of death. You, you can't do that. You got to get right in there, get right down and dirty and say whatever you want. I have no idea. I'm just speculating. However, that did not happen when he's on stage. And I don't know if it's because he's worked on his delivery or he's done these jokes so many times. But, uh, hey, hey um, I don't have much negative to say about Ben. I actually laughed at his jokes. His comedy is dark. Uh, there was a, there was there was a there was a dead baby joke, and I'm like, oh my god! But it, the fact that he's delivering these uh, these some of these jokes were super dark, and he's deadpan when he's doing it, and he was pretty polished. I I cannot say that he. Okay, out of all the comics, um, you had okay the host was uh, was really green. He was a little clumsy, no big deal, whatever it happens. This is why this is why open mic exists. Okay, you go to open mic events to um and and that's the trade-off. You get you get to see guys bomb or girls bomb. Uh not all of them, uh, but uh but some of them. And 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 they're uh practicing new material. So that's it. And they're they're kind of working on their game. And the, the only way to do this is to get it at game speed like this. So you're in front of people. I'll, I'll say this. I walked into this joint, and uh, it, it's small. And right away, the thought of being in front of strangers made me anxious. Me. And I'm not performing. And I thought to myself, oh, fuck. This is going to be hard. But uh, And I'm like, Jesus, Ben, this is what you do? This is... Uh, it's just intimidating. There was probably only been one or two times that I've actually had to think on my feet in front of an audience like that. It's different doing this, doing what I'm doing right now with you. I cannot see you. Okay. I know you're there. A few dozen of you, but uh, there's, I can't see you. When you say something that's intended to be funny and you see everyone's stone face staring at you blinking. Oh, fuck. That's not easy. Not easy. I don't know. I mean, I just, I would pee a little right there. Uh, but there he was. Naked to the world. So, but uh, I, it was kind of like he transformed in front of my eyes because he was, he kept it moving. There was only a couple times. Okay, this, this to me, I don't know anything about doing stand-up. Well, I mean, maybe I do. I mean, I can observe and make comments, but... Um, to me, in terms of the flow of the show, like the headliner, Adam Deggy, he's just up there and he's just talking and, uh, he's, he's dropping jokes on people. There was some interaction with the crowd. There was some spontaneity, uh, and, but what he's not doing is, uh, the thing that a lot of these comics did was they bring notes up there and they're actually like pick up note cards of jokes. And, um, I can't. I, I, I don't care if it's a veteran comic or if it's a person who's doing comedy for the first time. 
if you have written jokes down on a piece of paper and they're at a stool and you're standing there, you tell a joke, and then you kind of like look down at the note, try to be inconspicuous about it, your note, and you're like, mm, okay, I got to tell this joke. And then you, oh, it's it just, the, the flow, it just drops. It ruins the spell of what you're fucking trying to do. Get that shit down. I don't give a fuck if it's your first time or your hundredth time. There is no excuse, in my opinion, for anyone to stand in front of a group of people and look at notes. And some of these people are like, seriously, uh, they're sitting there, all right, yeah, 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 say a joke, and then they, they pick up note cards, and they're holding, they're holding the note card in front of them. Oh, my God, they're looking at the notes, their next joke, and then they set the notes down and say, okay, let me tell you about my car trouble. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop that. That's not, that's, that's no good. You're just reading me shit in a note card. Let's fucking get that shit together, man. Oh. And if you can't, in my opinion, if you can't rehearse enough before you go in front of people to at least um, tell me your bad jokes without uh, looking at a note card, you get don't do it do not commit there's no way no how you should be doing that what the fuck i mean how, how much can it say on there is it just an asterisk uh, with a with one line to remind you what the joke is and then uh so ben ben did that a little bit not a lot he kind of like uh his energy when, when you when you have to look at the notes your your what what was a joke and a punchline then it's kind of have you have to kind of pause and it's clumsy and it's like ah shit ah what are you doing but he was not the worst at all and I mean, in fact i would say that of all the people that were up there he was as polished as any of them um you had the host was was clumsy. I think he was uh, he might have been it might have been uh, very early in, in hosting or something like that. I have no idea, but um, the sound was fucked. Uh, it was lit poorly. The audience was hit or miss on their responses and their laughter. I mean, um, and then there was a gang of Bosnian hitmen that were there, and you're like, what? And I shit you not, as far as I understand, um, okay, you walk it, you walk up to the place, and there's a bunch of people that look, uh, well, they look like they're from uh, former Soviet uh, Eastern Bloc country. I, I'm, I mean, the, the second I walked up, all I pictured, and I have, again, I go into the stone cold. I don't know who the fuck is who, what is what. And I had sent Ben a text say, I'm running late. Hey, man, uh, uh, stall. You know, I, I don't want to miss any of this. And I didn't. But I, I'm walking up to the place and there's like six guys smoking cigarettes. And all I thought about was the um, Burt Kreischer bit the machine when he, uh, when he hung out with the Russian mafia or whatever, except... I didn't know that these weren't Russians. Apparently, they were Bosnians. At least, that's what I was told. I, I mean, I guess I don't know for sure. But these guys that look like a bunch of uh, uh, Eastern Bloc country hitmen are, uh, are standing out in front and right away, and they're speaking a foreign language, and I'm like, boy, do not fucking look at these guys. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And so right away, the impression I got was um, these people own the facility, and this is like their version, this coffee bar of the Bada Bings, uh, Bada Bings, Bada Bing from the Sopranos, 
where, you know, Tony, that was a place where he, they'd do all the sit-downs and the meetings and shit. But at least in The Sopranos, they would do it in the back room not to disturb the customers who, uh, who were there. Or what, what's the name of that uh, meat joint that they would hang out in front of where they have lunch, have a sit-down there? So um, I think this was the West Michigan Bosnian Mafia. And, and I'm not shitting you because uh, the, the host goes up and the comedians are there and we're all doing our thing or, and I'm, I'm watching and uh, the comics up there. And then the, the Bosnian Mafia sits down at couches in their own area. No one sits there. Right near, this is a small room, okay? And uh, they are having a discussion while the people are performing loudly as loud as i'm talking to you they are talking to each other in a foreign language for an hour and a half and it was so fucking awkward i could not believe the level of rudeness and they don't give a shit because it's their place uh one of the comics said to me I think they simply bought that place so that they could smoke out in front of it because every 10 minutes, all these guys get up and uh, go out and smoke. This one comic, uh, some of the comics started to reference the dudes and uh, and, and the place was called Mahala. One of the comics referred to them as the Mahala Mafia. And I'm like, oh, shit. I couldn't believe it, like right to the guy's faces. He goes, oh, look at that. There we got the got the Mahala Mafia over here. And I'm like, you know, you say that, but I would not put that past, I would not put the idea past anyone uh, and try to forget that that may be a organization, a, a group of organized crime members right there. And holy shit. And then another comic, after they all walked out, you okay, so they're all sitting there having their sit down. Comics are doing their thing, and then they go, let's go smoke in Bosnian or whatever. And they all get up. Is that a language, Bosnian? Or, or do you say Yugoslavian? Or do you say Saroavian? Or what? I have no idea. Uh, they all get up. They all go outside to smoke, like, every 10 minutes. And, and as the last one's leaving and the door is closed, ding dong, the comic goes, there goes the Vladimir's. Uh, assuming they were Russian, I guess. I don't know. But I, I got the joke, and it was funny. I'm like, holy shit, though, man. Jesus, you got some balls. These are all big, these, all these dudes had giant heads. Every single one of these guys had barrel chest, giant heads. They looked like they're about 45 years old and with old man strength. And I'm guessing they were all about 28. Uh, they were pulled out of some war-torn country where they probably sold arms to the Russians or some shit. I have no idea. But this was fucking weird. Really weird. Um, so they had to contend with that. And Ben went first and they weren't i think i don't remember ben having to contend with them having their sit down meeting um because i was kind of focused on ben but i i i kept hearing a conversation i'm like what is going on there boy they're actually speaking a different language over there and it got louder and louder and louder i'm standing there and just before um uh and while ben is on stage i'm at this bar okay and again they don't serve alcohol but it's called the mahala coffee bar and someone says hey can I, can I help you? Is there anything you want? I go, uh, and now no alcohol. This is a great place for me. Everyone's like, man, I wish I had a drink. I'm like, I'm glad I don't have a drink. 
And I go, well, uh, do you have anything with no caffeine? Like, I'll get a coffee drink as long as it's no no caffeine because i got to get to sleep at night. And they go, well, how about a smoothie? And I go, this is my kind of place. And he goes, what kind of smooth, smoothie? I go, I don't care. And he kind of looks at me funny. I go, get creative. Make me something fruity. And they go, you want something fruity? I go, I, I honestly, be creative. I'll, whatever you put in front of me, I'll drink it. I don't give a shit. Okay. So there I am sitting there on this bar stool with my little feet kicking, not touching the ground. Uh, just I, I, I'm like a kid at the malt shop uh, uh, drinking a smoothie. Ben finishes. Comic number two uh, goes up there. And, uh, you know, this is the typical open mic. He's trying to work his act. And, uh, you know, he, he, was, uh, he was pretty prepared, too. I don't recall him looking at notes. That, to me, was the worst. Uh, there, there was a lot of awkward going around in this night. But, this, but the, the looking at the note cards, I was like, come on, man. Uh, he, he comes up there. And uh, now... Prior to the uh, the event, I had seen the list of comics, and I saw a name. And um, when I saw the name, I went, "Oh, I know it! I know a person by that name." Hmm. And then I dismissed it, and I didn't think another thing of it. And then uh, because, and then so this guy is up there, and then uh, I get my smoothie while this guy is doing his, his act, and it's time to take my mask off, my two masks that I'm wearing. And uh, to drink my smoothie. And I take my mask off right when this comic looks at me. And this comic stops talking and looks right at me. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And I'm like, oh, this person probably recognizes me from the radio. I just took my mask off or maybe from the Griffins and probably just fucked with with his head right now. So, all right, that ends. And I don't think another thing of it. Later on, this guy wanders over next to me. And he's standing there watching the other acts. And then he leans in and he goes, hey, Zane. I go, hey, how are you? And it's that dude. And, I, I'm, and I'm still thinking, he goes, do you remember me? Matt, Purple Heart Matt. And then right when he said Matt, it dawned on me that it was the guy that I was thinking that I knew his name when I first looked at the list of comment, comments. Purple Heart Matt uh, was an intern on the old Freebird Outwing show more than a decade ago. Um, and he served um, in Iraq. And got like, uh, uh, had a hand injury. I think he uh, lost some fingers, a roadside bomb or some shit like that. Except when I remember him, he was uh, round. This guy is not round at all. Uh, in fact, you ever notice that when people, when they lose a ton of weight, their actual, f- the, the shape, their, their, their face appearance, like you don't know it's them. Uh, you remember that guy, Carlos, um, uh, what's his face? Carlos Orozco, who I talked to out of the uh, out of the um, uh, east side of Michigan, who lost 500 pounds. Remember Carlos? You, no one would ever know that that's him now. He weighs 185 pounds now. It's incredible. Um, that's what's going on with this guy. And I go, oh my god! You know, when I saw the name, I thought, boy, I know a mad, but I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was going to be you. And here you are. I go, you you do stand up? He goes, yeah, man. So this is years ago, Purple Heart Matt. You stand to the phones for us. I go, well, it's really, really great to see you, buddy. How are you? And he dropped 100 pounds. He's 185 pounds soaking wet. Jacked. This dude is ripped. So I'm like, holy shit, man. All these little crazy little weirdo things happen to me all the time like that. So that was good to see him. Uh, so you got a lot of dynamic here. You got Ben doing, I mean, honestly, I thought Ben was going to be shitty. 
okay? Um, I thought his jokes, for me, were funny. I was laughing at because, you know, and then the crowd. This group, ah, boy, it's hit or miss. You had a few people that would bust out laughing, these young ladies, uh, to the side of the stage. They were laughing pretty hard at a lot of the jokes. Other folks are, I don't know, it's just a little wonky in the crowd. And then you got nobody's got a drink. And then you got the fucking Bosnian mafia there having a sit down meeting. And and then some of the comics, I, I don't know. I just I I, I I love some of those people very much. You're all wonderful people. But in my opinion, the, the world of stand up comedy, there is no room in the world of stand up comedy, in my opinion, for anyone to tell a joke. Go, hey, yeah. and then the joke gets kind of like a lukewarm feel to it. And then you go, hey, uh, hang on. And then, and then they look at notes. Okay, I'll tell this joke. And then they come back and, hey, guess what happened to me today? It's like, oh, fuck. Quit doing that shit. Now, I get it. Easier said than done. But if I can stay, I mean, not exactly what I say is, is funny when I say it, but if I can sit here for two hours and at least maintain my thoughts, so I don't have to sit there and go, oh, fuck, uh, look at these fucking notes. Though. Come on, guys. What are you doing? Uh, no way. I'm sorry. So I'm going to get Deggy in here. He was a headliner. Uh, he was and get his thoughts. See if we can compare notes on the event about what went down last night as Ben's hashtag bomb city baller tour uh, tour continues. He he did four nights of comedy. I think I think Ben. I'm, I was I was impressed. I was because I had a. Uh, you know, he's always talking about how shitty he does. So I had an expectation that he wasn't going to be able to get like one word out, you know, but he absolutely did. So good for you, Ben. In a way, I'm proud of you, buddy. I'll just say that. I am proud of you, Ben. Um, you know, when you do this, you know, uh, I, like I said, I had an expectation. And at first I was like, oh, you're funnier than this guy or you're 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 funnier than this guy. Or you're funnier than that girl or, or whatever. Um, but. I don't know, maybe because I'm partial to Ben. I, I got a little bit uncomfortable with a lot of those comics. I, I wasn't really uncomfortable with Ben. There was comic who says the N-word way too much. This guy just gets up on stage, and I think he could be funny because he was really comfortable. Um, but I don't know. I think he just, yeah, the N-word was kind of like a crutch for him. I mean, I can, I can understand saying that once in a while. I mean. And, and, of course, yes, he was a black guy because if he was a white guy, that would have been the first thing I started with. White comics is sitting in a room full of mixed companies saying the N-word. That would have been the first thing I said. He was funny-ish, but, uh, okay, he was funny in his delivery, but the jokes were, oh boy, I don't know. Uh, and then there was this dude who, this might have been, if it weren't for the Bosnian mafia sit down going on while the comics are doing their thing. And, and some of the comics, when they're talking, the Bosnian sit down, Bosnian mafia was getting so loud. The comics were getting interrupted. Like they would like burst out with an exclamation in another language. Imagine that trying to do comedy with that right like 15 feet away from you. My God, by the way, Bosnian mafia uh, gets a nomination for asshole of the day for the level of rudeness. Okay. There's a comic there. And I saw the folks when they walked in. It was a teeny tiny little man. I'm guessing five foot four with a enormous woman. When I say enormous, I mean, she was 
taller than all of the women, and um, she was very, very heavy, okay? You know, like the type of, I mean, like, uh, wow, that, that type of heavy. And so whatever, okay? Uh, and, and I didn't, I noticed that he was uh, writing, and uh, I think he was writing jokes. And I don't remember this guy doing a lot of looking at the notes, but it turns out that the little guy was one of the comp was one of the comics. And um, so as he's doing his thing, uh, he suddenly and you and you know he's there with her. Okay, there, there, there's a handful of people in the audience. While on stage and while she she's right in the front, he goes, yeah, and he's got a really high voice. Yeah, even though uh, I'm a little guy and I've put on a few pounds uh, during the pandemic, you know, he's, he made a joke about, you know, gaining weight during the pandemic, this little guy, because he looked a little portly, but no big deal. And then he suddenly says, no, I'm a little guy. I tell you what, I got myself a big girl. Now, if you're going to make jokes about how you are dating a girl who's enormous. That's one thing. She's right fucking there. And immediately, everybody's like, oh, fuck. He's making fat jokes about his girlfriend who's this far away. Holy shit. Oh. <laughs> and I'm standing next to Ben and... Okay, if there was any bit of awkwardness in what Ben did, no one remembers that. The only thing anyone remembers from this night is the mafia and this. Everything else is an afterthought. He is making fat jokes about his girlfriend, and she's fat as shit and right there looking like job of the hut. I mean, I'm not kidding you. And... He then starts to go down the road of a joke, okay? And um, Ben and I set, we muttered our own punchline to this joke and then looked at each other because we said the same punchline while we're looking at each other and started laughing while he said the real punchline. And he said, he goes, yeah, talk about how fat she is. It's fucking terrible. And then he goes, yeah, you know, I like to smother her in kisses. And she, Ben and I both go, smother me with her body. We actually said that. I could hear him. He could hear me. We start, <laughs> You're cracking up. We're laughing our fucking asses off. We, we turn around. We actually turn our backs to the stage and to the fat chick. To, and you hear Ben doing his laugh, his fucking uh, 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 snickering that he is. <laughs> so we're this and they're cracking up. And he goes, she wants to smother me with a pillow. And we're, we're saying, oh, wow, the fuck. How can you talk about how big she is? And you drop, smother me with a pillow. You got to go for it, little guy. You got to smother me with her giant fat titties or whatever. It doesn't matter what the fuck you say. If you're if you're going to make fun of how fat she is or point out how fat she is in front of the Bosnian mafia, what the fuck are you doing going with the pillow reference? You got to bust out her big fat titties. Oh, and we're like, holy shit. This is so insane. This was 
This was the Valhalla of awkward. Off the rails awkward. Guy dropping N-word. Bosnian mafia. Looking at the notes. Little guy, little hobbit guy dating fat chick. Talking about how fat she is right in front of everybody. Oh, what entertainment. I was... And then Ben's like, yeah, you know, uh, sorry about all that. I'm like, sorry? Fuck you. We, I had so much fun. Now, I haven't been out in two and a half years. So, uh, you know, I, I've been wearing sweatpants. This is the first time I put on sweatpants in forever outside of doing limo or, or hockey games. So I, I was feeling good. You know, I, I'm there. Uh, I got to see Deggy and I got to see Nardo. So I'm wearing pants. I got a smoothie. I'm sitting on the stool with my little feet kicking. I got fat, uh, skinny guy or little guy talking about how fat his girlfriend is. She's five feet away. The Bosnian mafia. Oh, my God. This is incredible. I normally don't like awkward humor. This was so off the rails awkward. Holy shit. Oh, so, so good. Oh, you 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 have to go to the next one. I am gonna I, I I'm gonna wipe the schedule clean if I can the next time Ben does open mic. And I just pray that all of these people are there. And I and honestly, I don't uh I don't want I'm not I'm not like ripping on the comics like hey you suck shit or anything like that. My big thing is okay, for the guy no, I don't want the little guy who made the fat jokes about his girlfriend to change anything ever. Okay. Um that was incredible. Uh, you're an absolute legend, whoever the fuck you are. Uh, but I think if it's constructive criticism, do not look at notes. Practice. Don't look at the notes anymore. Son of a bitch. Too much. All right, Deggy will be here in 21 minutes to discuss it. Uh, but I'm, I, I wanted to get out in front of it and tell you my thoughts of it. And then I'll compare notes with him and, uh, we'll see where this goes. Adam was, was really, really funny. Um, it, it was, it's tough to do, to, to work a crowd like that, but he did it. So good for him and, and good for those folks in the local comedy community for trying that. It is not easy work. I don't envy you. I'm not saying I could do it. I'd probably, I, I don't know if I'd make, I don't know if I'd make jokes, about my wife's physical characteristics right in front of her like that, but oh boy, her girlfriend. Okay, I would say pause in the action on not the best of the Eric Saint Show podcast, but it's more than a pause. Um, the show is over. We've got nothing more in the hopper. Uh, have a good one, and I'll talk to you very soon. Thanks, folks. Bye-bye.